0: Welcome to another fantastic edition of the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. Also, the one day a week that I managed to get something other than sweats on uh, as pants, but then enough about my (laughs) lovely issues uh, of the week. Join me as always is my amazing co-host, Christian Redshaw. Christian, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, Dominic, and I do have dress pants on, but I can't say that I have dress shoes on.
0: Uh, the joys of the, uh, the and the magic of uh, uh, the cameras. Eh? We, we, it's nice to hide, but we don't have to show. <laughs> the
1: magic, the magic of TV.
0: <laughs> the magic of TV. That's right, or the magic of audio if you're just listening to us today. Um, Christian, who are we bringing onto the show today?
1: All right. So we have the Chief Information Security Officer of Life Labs, which is a healthcare service provider, and his name is Mike Mello. So he's going to be talking to us all about cybersecurity, and hopefully we can dig into healthcare. Doctor's office, dentist office, and what your doctors are doing with your private information.
0: Absolutely, I think this would be a fantastic conversation. Plus, that's a super cool name. I, I, I'm expecting him to be a very chill fellow. So let's <laughs> let's take a let's take a pause here. It, it we'll might run right in his family. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> take a pause here. We'll bring Mike on shortly.
1: Sounds good. Let's do it. Mike Mello, welcome to Cybersecurity Matters.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having me.
1: All the way from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. It's good, good to have you on the show today. So you are the CISO of Life Labs, which is in the healthcare industry. And I wanted to just ask you, generally speaking, about healthcare, because we're all entrusting our information to Doctors and dentists, and I just wondered, you know, what is what is the state of affairs in the industry in general?
2: Yeah, uh, great, great question. So, I'd say for the past year, uh, you know, there's been this state of flux with how healthcare has been operating uh, during COVID. You know, it's it's obviously been challenging for. For everybody, but especially in the healthcare industry, and, and just figuring out, you know, what's the best way that we can service and service our customers, and working with the, our government partners on, you know, COVID testing and all of these regulatory uh, protections that we have to put in place when it comes to privacy and security of our customers' data. So now more than ever, as we transition and adopt more digital protection or digital offerings. Uh, mm-hmm. it's It's now more important than ever that we are protecting our customer information yes. from the the all the various types of attacks and threats that we face today, and you know it's 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 pretty interesting how quickly and rapidly this has come on set for organizations to ultimately be as agile as they can and mm-hmm. sometimes pivot in their security strategy or even their business strategy uh to allow for continued operations,
1: yeah, I mean, I think about you know my own dentist and my own doctor. Uh, And I just wonder, you know, the state of state of those kind of uh, organizations across the board. I mean, my honest opinion is they're being targeted, um, but it's not necessarily newsworthy when there is a a cyber attack on like a local doctor's office or a local uh, dental office. Um, I think that they need cybersecurity, but I don't know that it is there's an appetite for it. Would you tend to agree with that in general?
2: I'd say that, you know, for some of the smaller businesses out there, like a local dentist office, uh, you know, cybersecurity might not be the the highest priority on their on their objectives right now. But I think that a lot of people are becoming more and more aware that this is a, a mainstream problem at all levels of of business. It's not just a large organization enterprise type uh, discussion. This has to be a concern for even the smallest of businesses, right, especially in, in the healthcare space with the access and confidence of their customers to store their their health records yes. it, it needs to be taken seriously in, in, in discussions and you know i'd say in the in the smb market it is challenging to find and understand how do you fit cybersecurity into your daily practice when it when it maybe hasn't been a uh, a thought in the past of this is a this is a this is an overhead this is something that i need to integrate into my daily operations.
0: Yeah. And, and something along that same vein, Mike, and, and, and first of all, I, uh, I love your beard, by the way. I, I, I recently shaved my <laughs> six months worth of, of beard off and I, I miss it immensely. So I'm growing it back. But uh, um, uh, you're among friends here with, with your with, with your fellow bearded brothers. But um, uh, the thing that I, I, I find really um, fascinating slash worrisome slash annoying with m- many of these, again, in this small, mid sized business space, I mean. Health healthcare sector and other sectors as well, is that we still see a lot of um, myths or misperceptions that continue. You know, things such as, oh, you know, we 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 have an IT service provider. You know, uh, if we get breached, it's on them. Or we have cyber insurance. You know, we, we have nothing to worry about. And whether that be a physician who owns a small uh, doctor's office, or whether that be a, a small manufacturing firm, you still have these executives who are basically pushing that risk elsewhere. What do we? do to sort of push past these misperceptions? Or is it mainly a, we have to w- play this reactive game as more and more organizations get hit, they become wiser? Well, I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on that.
2: Yeah, I think it's a constant cat and mouse game, right? It's, it's always been a common perception for organizations to uh, think of security as an afterthought, or Trying to address it through insurance, right? So it's never been a proactive approach in securing your organization. It's always been, well, we seem to be fine now. We're not a target, or we're not big enough uh, to be, a, you know, targeted by uh, threat actors, right? But I, I'd say that, you know, that that is a false uh, understanding of of what security is and the threats out there, right? Everybody's a target. Uh, there, mm-hmm. you know, it's just how big of a target. Are you? Is it? Is the different question, right? So when it comes down to, it really is risk, likelihood, impact, uh, and and mm-hmm. really being practical. I'd say that you know there's there's a level of security that everybody needs at an organization, and there's no two alike security programs. It's it's very unique. Uh, you know, I'd say that the way to really get past this is, you know, business owners and leaders need to really mm-hmm. understand what is their threat surface, right? What 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 applies to them? Right. Because there's a lot of material out there, a lot of great material, a lot of amazing companies who will provide you with security recommendations. However, it, it needs to be purpose fit for your company. And I'd say that, you know, if you engage in, you know, maybe something like a like an advisory service or like a VC so can come in and understand what it is that you are doing what you're trying to accomplish and uh, and understand what kind of level of risk tolerance that your organization might have and really set out and and lay the ground on what these common misperceptions are so a lot as you mentioned a lot of people think I have an IT service provider it's good the, the fact is most IT companies do not have any cybersecurity experience right or right. or even managed service in that space right it like there needs to be a cybersecurity um program there and it's it's one of the common the common challenges with cybersecurity is separating cybersecurity from IT as a mm-hmm. function, right? Yes. It's, it ultimately needs to start being perceived more as a business risk uh, mm-hmm. and enabling of the business and, and really how do we allow cybersecurity to make the company flourish and seize new opportunities, right? Because it's becoming more mainstream that organizations want to understand your program, when it comes to cybersecurity. And sometimes business deals are on the line. And if you're not, if you don't have a solid cybersecurity program, or one in existence, you're going to lose out on these business deals and opportunities. And we've seen this um, in life labs, That's, that's the reason why we ultimately put so much time and effort and have a tremendous support from our executive and board around, our cybersecurity program is because you know it's it's fast moving in healthcare right now. You need to be agile, and you need to ultimately be trusted by your business partners with, and also your customers with the data you hold.
1: Well, it sounds like you're doing a great job at, at Life Labs there, and I just wanted to talk about taking a strategic approach to cybersecurity and tying that to business outcomes. So tying the cybersecurity program that you're building in an organization to the the actual business or the organization, can you just t- um, you know for for the sake of us and for our audience as well, talk about you know how to approach that? How how do you where do you start with cybersecurity? And I mean, I think where you're going is taking the strategic outcomes and the mission uh, and the vision of the organization, and then making decisions based on that. But tell us what how you would approach it.
2: Yeah, I'd, I'd say that, you know, where, where I like to start uh, for for security is really comes down to culture and the people in your organization. So, you know, there's this ideology in the security industry that people are the weakest link, and I think it's a it's a it's a wrong statement. I think that, you know, that condones this punitive mentality of security and that people need to be doing better. Well, the thing is we've invested so much time, research, money in securing technology that we've done very little to secure people. And mm-hmm. the threat actors know this. They like people are the number one targeted attack vector. We see this in through business mm-hmm. compromise and phishing type attacks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's only just one way, right? If we look at what's happening right now with covid and companies adopting to this new remote workforce you know it's if you have a security awareness program most are likely to only have like a compliance based program so you know here here's some material here's a video watch this every year and we've checked the box right i think we need to be doing a lot more than that and culture not only relates to you know what we're doing from an educational perspective, but also the culture from the executive team and understanding why security has to fit in to the business enablement and and be purpose fit for your your company, right? So if we look at things like um, these new business opportunities, how is your security company or your security program in the organization ultimately allowing your business to ascertain this new business, right? And that usually is done through third party or supply chain type. Questionnaires, and this is really where awareness, even at the executive level, has to be well perceived. So, we actually instantiated a cyber risk governance uh, committee for all of our executive leadership team that I co-chair with our CEO, and we meet with them every month. So, this was a great way for us to really take a top-down approach and educate all of our executive leadership team on, you know, what the security program is doing, how it is benefiting them, and direct and indirect impacts. To their lines of business. So I first and foremost, always believe in culture and people. And I think we just need to you know, work on making our people our greatest offense.
1: Mike, just in re- quickly in response to that before I pass that over to Dominic, what a fantastic high bar to set, to, ha- to co-chair a meeting with your CEO. How many other organizations can, their CEOs, right at the top level of the organization can say, They've got cybersecurity sitting at the leadership table, influencing decisions in the direction of the organization. So I just I want to applaud you for that and set that as an example for those that are watching about how it should be done.
0: I, I, absolutely, and, and and I think again the thing which and to Christian's point there uh, about. not saying it's a a golden standard for ultimately how um you know even for us as security practitioners we'd like to see our clients be able to to strive to 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 that level of, of commitment when it comes to cybersecurity. um one of the things which i wanted to just to Ask you a bit more about was uh, about that sort of concept of losing out on business deals or losing business partners by not investing in cybersecurity. You know, so I think one of the reasons why cybersecurity often gets ignored with, by small and mid-sized businesses is that again they per, they perceive that the threats, so whether that be ransomware or what have you won't affect them. But now, like you were mentioned, I think especially what we've seen with what happened with the solar winds incident, uh, now there's increased pressure on vendor risk management, supply chain risk management. And if you are an organization, especially like a B2B organization, and you're trying to sell to large organizations, they're clamping down on that type of supply chain risk. So as a small company, let's say you're a, a health tech company or a fintech company, and you're, you're trying to sell your service or platform to these very regulated spaces. Um, I just wonder if you could just sort of recap and maybe expand on how it's so much of a competitive advantage to actually be investing in cybersecurity now, uh, because otherwise, if not even just from a basic table stakes table stakes perspective. So, do you do you see us going more in that direction, where you know, that uh, business reason uh, or you know, reasons which are uh, impacting the underlying uh, bottom line? becoming a key reason why you should invest in cybersecurity. It's no longer just to protect against those unknown threats.
2: Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a great question. And I I'd say that, you know, those who are in the heavily regulated spaces, so companies who have relationships with banks and even in healthcare, you know, the, the smaller size businesses have always kind of been under this level of scrutiny, but I I'd say that with the pervasiveness of these attacks, it's, it's now trickling to all industry right and and Mm -hmm. this is where you know it's it's not so much the direct relationships it's also the indirect so if an organization has a relationship with the bank uh you know we actually saw this in the states the amca breach um where Mm -hmm. you had like lab corps and quest they had a collection agency and that agency was then breached and then there was a a fallout because there was you know, ultimately the ownership or the onus of the responsibility of that protection falls on the company who has outsourced this or has partnered with somebody else. So there is this whole chain of security that needs to be addressed when, you know, you're looking at business relationships and people are now starting to look at the second and third and fourth link in the chain to identify and understand, well, what is my actual risk exposure? And, you know, this company may be doing a fantastic job with security, but if it outsources, or leverages somebody else's new product or platform, does that now change the actual security capabilities of that information? Right. So it's it's becoming more mainstream now than ever. And you're starting to see people actually, and organizations actually make decisions based on cybersecurity capabilities. And it's only going to mm-hmm. continue.
0: That's such a such an impactful insight there, Mike. That's fantastic. Christian, do you have another question?
1: yeah i think i have one last question for you mike so dialing it down into a super super basic level here for those that maybe those organizations and business leaders that don't really understand what cyber threats really are we're living in an evolving digital world now so what we're talking about here the subject of it is we have a a reliance on technology more than ever to run our organizations the assets that we're protecting is information, it's communication, it's this intangible thing that has value. And then there's the evolving threats uh, around that that are getting more and more sophisticated as time goes on naturally. Um can you just talk about that a little bit and talk about, you know, what what is it that we're protecting? What what is the threat against it? Just just at a just lower the lower the ramp a little bit for just the the intro level, if you could.
2: Yeah, I I'd say that, you know, to really to really have a good stance against the threats that we're facing today, it's, you know, what one thing that you really need to be mindful of is what are the threats specific to your organization. So you know, it it can be a very scary world out there. Hearing about you know the solar winds breaches and all these big organizations and. You know, nation state attackers, and you know, in in the SMB market, I'd say you know you're you're likely not to be the biggest <clears throat> target for a nation state, right? Um, however, we're starting to see a lot of net new companies, especially in the biotech industry, uh, in the healthcare industry, with all of this COVID and trying to be innovative. That you know, you, they are potential targets because of the data they hold. And right, and I think I think as you said, it's important to understand that. The asset in which you're protecting is generally your information, whether that be somebody else's information, whether it be PI or IP of your own company. And I think when an organization starts to think about, you know, how how do we protect our our systems? How do we protect our our programs? I think you really just need to keep it simple, right? That the one killer to security is always complexity. And and I like to take a very simplistic approach in understanding. You know what's and how to be practical right so what is the true problem you're trying to solve here and you know if, if you look at the SMB market ransomware is like the number one threat and you know there's there's some practical ways and how you can address that through maybe centralization of your data so maybe that's you know you have one drive or you have google drive for your company and now all of your data is being stored and secured in one location rather than being sprawled out through your entire organization and, you know, and then you have a smaller footprint, right? So if you're trying to secure your whole company, all a hundred percent of it equally, you're, you're losing your focus. You're, you're spending too much money and you're, you're not investing smartly where it needs to be. Whereas if you reduce that to, let's say 20%, right? And all your critical information is in like the centralized type location, then you have a more narrow focus. You have a better chance at creating real defenses that are going to help uh, your company protect against these different types of attacks. So again, I I'd say, keep it simple, having a good cyber hygiene plan is key. So there's obviously some foundational elements like patching all of your systems. Like I can't stress that enough. Patching is so important. It's, it's, it can be very easy to do. It can be very difficult to do, but if you allow it to go uh, without patching, it's going to become more and more challenging. And then I'd say, you know, um, implementing mfa wherever you can especially on administrative type accounts and 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 again the culture and security awareness in your program your people are being attacked every day they are the attack vector so if you can help them understand not only security fits to their work purpose but also security as it as it relates to work from home scenarios now right Mm -hmm. storing your assets away in a locked. Drawer or not allowing family members to leverage your work computer for personal needs and stuff like that. You know, these are these are just simple things that can really make a difference.
0: That's absolutely amazing uh, insight, and, and we're so grateful to you, Mike, for for sharing such pra- uh, practical and pragmatic guidance and actual advice for for our listeners and viewers. And we're, we're Christian and I are very very appreciative of you taking time of your uh, hectic schedule to to join us today. Thank you again so so much.
2: Thank you, Mike. Oh, thanks thanks for having me. I. I you know, I I had fun being here, had fun talking. So uh, you know, definitely appreciate you inviting me here.
0: Absolutely, awesome. keep growing that beer. You look fantastic, my friend.
2: <laughs> oh, well done.
0: Um, <laughs> Chris and I will be right back to wrap up today's show. Christian, uh, I think you and I can both safely say that that was a really, really incredible conversation with Mike. You know, being able to uh, get a chief information security officer of a very high profile uh, healthcare company in, in Canada here was uh, uh, very much uh, an honor, I think, to have him on the show. Uh, plus his beard was quite, uh, quite fantastic. <laughs> I give him a full, full grade on, on that. He brought his A-game all, all, all around. Um, I'm really interested to know what were uh, one or two of your key t- takeaways from from his thoughts.
1: Well, I told uh, Mike off camera after the episode that I actually had a beard that looked similar to his uh, up until yesterday. It was the COVID uh, growth <laughs> beard, um, but I look, because of the gray, I look a bit like Santa Claus, so I had to had to bring it down and at least look somewhat professional. But, uh, you know, Mike's an all-around uh, really great guy, um, getting to know him a little bit. And I really think that he does such a good job of being in touch with um, the, the, the real threats uh, to small and medium-sized organizations and organizations really of all sizes. The thing that stood out to me was he mentioned you know, it's often said that people are the biggest threat, and you know, there's definitely serious truth to that statement. But we can attribute that also to the to the cause, which is that they've been underinvested in. There's been a lot of spend on uh, technology, um, but not a lot of investment in people. So it's, it's not necessarily those individuals' fault, but maybe a cultural uh, issue there that we need to address.
0: Absolutely. And you know, I think, you know, uh, the uh, thing I really like what Mike was saying as well is that the need to be able to. Boil this down, bring this down to a risk equation. You know, if you want to seat next to the CEO or the business owner, yes. uh, especially at a small mid sized business, you need to equate this with risk. You know, uh, what does this mean in terms of lost business? What does this mean if, if you don't invest in cybersecurity that you could lose out on potential business or lose out on uh, potential partnerships or what have you? So I really appreciate how Mike uh, boiled that down to the fact that at the end of the day, you need to communicate in risk. And I think that was a, that was a very powerful takeaway. Completely agree. And uh, uh, as always, we always want to extend a special thanks to our loyal viewers and listeners for taking time out of their busy day or week uh, to to spend some time with us. Um, Please uh, be sure to check out previous episodes as well as other podcasts under the Conversations That Matter uh, banner. You can see those on the Conversations That Matter YouTube page. Uh, As always, uh, be well, be safe, be awesome, and we'll catch you next time on the Cybersecurity Matters Podcast.